you're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Yeah, baby, yeah. (laughs) It's always different. Every single time, you do a little bit different. But this is episode 79. I'm still going to get it out right out of the gate, so I don't forget. We got to. Everybody's worried about that number. No, I know. (laughs) So this is, um, what, like the third, almost the third week of January, third week of January? Yes, today is January the 20th. Of 2020. Yeah. It's a lot of 20s going on today. a lot of 20s going on. It's a weird day. It is. So pretty cool, though. Um, we've gone from here in Texas having 70 degrees to snow back down to like 50. So we're, we're hitting all the seasons early here in January just to get it over with for the year. Yep. Getting all the weather in. So it's over. We can just get, be done with it. But in addition to that, what else did we do today? We did something fun today. I know people have a different, you know, ideas of what is fun. We had a good time today. What do we do? Well, as if I haven't given enough blood. <laughs> <laughs> so I did have a follow-up doctor's appointment after my whole pneumonia fiasco. And I got to give, he said, okay, so we're going to draw some blood today just to, you know, check your white blood cells and all that good stuff. And I was like, yeah, I walked in the phlebotomist uh, room and I said, you probably can just find an open hole there somewhere from the hospital <laughs> because they basically drained me dry. And she, she had a hard time finding my vein today, which has been kind of abnormal for me. I think I'm deflated. Uh, you know, your body fluctuates in, in everything, hydration, you know, uh, you know, physical activity, know. your muscles aren't huge and bulging right now. I'm not, I haven't been able to work out that much <laughs> like I want to, but I am, I am cleared for all of that. So yeah, yeah. Going to be vascular again soon. Oh, I was never vascular, but I had one <laughs> vein. I had this one vein in my left arm that was starting to really pop out. And it was like coming down my arm all the way down to my hand. And I was getting really excited about that. And then it all just went away. <laughs> it just all was gone. But it was cool to be able to go and talk to our doctor about the whole pneumonia experience. Yeah, we really like our, our doctor. He has really uh, cool, in-depth conversation with us about nutrition. And, and we asked him about the uh, fluoroquinolones. And he went to a really good explanation about probably why they selected uh, the the Levaquin that they gave you. Right. It was um, actually very, very informative and helpful. And unlike a lot of physicians, because of the way they have their practice structured, he takes about 20 minutes with each patient. So in that 20 minutes, you think, oh, well, that's not that long. When most doctors come in in five to seven minutes, I mean, we really get to sit there and talk to him 
And he, he, he even said, isn't it time for you guys to come in and get that blood panel done so we can see what's <laughs> going on with your blood because of the way you eat? He's really cool about wanting to see and track what we're doing. Right. He's familiar with uh, you know our diet and our lifestyle, and he and he doesn't uh, poo-poo on it at all. No, he um, didn't poo-poo on no, it No, he does all. not poo-poo on it. Um, but he, he talks about it, and he asks what we're doing and how we're feeling, and he looks at our blood work, and although... He still is hung up on LDL being a factor for heart disease, which I disagree, and the science is out there that says it is not. You were so well-behaved today, though. <laughs> you were so well-behaved. Well, he's such a nice guy. I don't, want to start the, I don't want to start the overall argument when I know you, we only have so much time to talk to him, and it was way more important to discuss your health issues than to get into an argument about LDL. Right, right, exactly. So he did um, He did go over everything from the hospital, and he did say, um, basically, I was really, really seriously sick. He, he did say, uh, you probably would have died within 48 hours. If I had not gone to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little unnerving because I had the sepsis issue, um, he was like, you were about 48 hours from fatality. And um, he said, I've seen people go 24 hours, and that that was enough for organ failure. So yeah. he said that, you know, had you been uh, more compromised health-wise, maybe if you were a uh, um, more senior citizen, um, then he's seen plenty of people not make it. And a lot of times this time of year when you see people who are young and they die from what they say is the flu. Of course, it's a lot of times that it's a, um, a pneumonia that develops with the flu and then they get the infection, the bacterial infection, and then that causes the sepsis, then the septic shock, and then there's a, a tipping point where there's no return. And so... Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a heavy weight like you're you know when you you didn't realize you were staring down the barrel of a gun at some point you know right and well and he said you know at least you guys are really in tune with your body and you knew when it was time to go seek extra help and that is true and um he did talk about the uh you know he said you need to question about these medications and when we did ask him he explained very well how when a blood culture is done with pneumonia that they actually test to see the way the bacteria grows, what its um, resistances are and what it's resistant to. And if it's not resistant to the fluoroquinolone, but it might be resistant to another type of antibiotic, he said, you were in the state where, he said, if we really got that lab back, he said, I could show you that it probably said you would would match for the Leviquin because maybe your bacteria was resistant to everything else. And that's, he said, then, you know, it wouldn't have been as effective and we could have had a relapse and all these things. So, yeah. So he gave a very good explanation opposed to what we got in the hospital, which we were very disappointed with was uh, either you take this or you don't, you don't leave the hospital. Right. And he did tell me that if I had made it to his office the next morning that he would have probably looked at me and evaluated me and um, they would have taken my blood and he said they probably would have put me immediately on a fluoroquinolone. He said at the stage you were in, he said, I would have sent you to the hospital. We would have started you on Leviquin. Um, he uh, said, he said they, would have, they would have notified EMS and had an ambulance there to transport you to the hospital. 
I guess it was a little more serious than just like, hey, maybe you can make it over to the hospital. So, yeah. So, but it was a great conversation. And it, again, I, you know, I exaggerated at the beginning, but that's fun for us. It's fun for us to talk to our, our, our doctor and uh, listen to what he has to say about all this stuff. Well, we've been going to him for, you know, five years now. And he's, this is the first time he's ever seen me for being sick. Right. And he said, <laughs> I guess when you do this, you go all out. So I did. I said, I do everything over the top, and especially sickness. But yes, I'm fine. Everything's well. I didn't die. Just, I'm not a ghost. No, you're still here. That was kind of sobering to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very sobering to hear. Um, And just know that can happen to anybody. So hopefully you guys uh, understand that because what happens, and and we're kind of like this, is, is we don't want to have to go to the doctor. We'd rather overcome whatever with our own own systems and our own practices and sometimes that can be you know you can kind of take it maybe a little too far right and 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 we did talk to him about you know lifestyle choices and some of those things and that that definitely does help when you're looking at an infection like this because my immune system was being able to help out the antibiotics rather than like he he said it rather than it sending me over the cliff I was able to still maintain my own, you know, homeostasis. I was trying very hard to keep myself healthy with my own antibodies, and I just needed some extra help. Right, and so sometimes, you know, you're, you're going to have to get the antibiotics. You, you just have to, and everybody needs to know that. As much as you don't want to, like we don't want to, but hey, sometimes uh, if you want to, you know, keep yourself alive, you might want to take the antibiotics. And he, he said I was in that stage of like, it was stay alive or die. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where you make that choice at the time. It was a good choice. It was the best choice. It was the best, biggest choice. It was huge. It was the choice huge. Was huge. <laughs> so we've been watching a little bit of Donald Trump. And, you know, it was just one of those very uh, fluky things that happens mm-hmm. in your life sometimes. And you learn how to deal with it. And, and we were able to talk about any kind of repercussions of that medication. And, and of course, he'll be watching me. I'm going back again in three weeks for just a chest X-ray. Um, for them to make sure that nothing else is there. Since they did see that initial mass, mm-hmm. um, which they did estimate was just a um, lymph, node. lymph node that was giant. Mm-hmm. A giant lymph node. Yeah. So so that was fun. But we also got to do something else that was fun over the weekend. We did. And it wasn't involving a doctor. No, no doctors <laughs> whatsoever. So we went down to uh, San Antonio and we gave kind of a you know an introductory keto class at CrossFit Lackland. And I love CrossFit, so I didn't get to work out at the gym, which was kind of like a disappointing factor in the whole situation. I saw other people working out, and I was like, oh, they look miserable, and it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe next time. Next time, We'd yes. We probably, you know, if we had really, uh, you know, asked Jason Lydon on the gym, I'm sure he would have had us come in for a class and, and goof off, but, you know... Uh, we stayed at a, at a pretty cool hotel that we worked out at that was really awesome. Yeah, so we normally, you know, we, we like to travel anywhere um, that we can take our own food because traveling is stressful enough. And then when you have to eat out, and it's just even more stressful. So being able to go and stay in a place that has a refrigerator and has, you know, a, a few little amenities like that is always helpful. So we stayed at this new place called it's by Hilton called Home Too Sweets. Yeah, 
and I'd seen this, but I've never, I didn't know what it was. It's a new hotel that they're, the chain they're kind of, uh, you know, using. And it was really cool. The room was great. Um, and what was awesome was they had, a, their gym was much larger than normal and they had all kinds of little crossfitty stuff. They had an assault bike, an assault runner, a Rome, Concept 2 row machine, a bunch of dumbbells, a box jump, just like stuff that you normally don't find in a hotel gym. Right. And not that we are affiliated with Hilton in any way, but when you guys travel, sometimes it's good to just know a good place to go, especially for all of our friends who have like sensitivities and allergies, especially to things like you don't want to get near a chlorine pool. One thing that they had that was super cool was they had an indoor sailing pool. Yeah, it was really cool. I'd never been in one, so it yeah, was really it, fun to it's try main, it out. Yeah, it's maintained with minerals and salt, so when you get in it, you don't have to worry about soaking yourself in chlorine. Mm-hmm. Now, when I travel, I, I mean, I really try to find uh, hotels that have any type of workout room, like anything, whether they got dumbbells, uh, just a, a spot where you can do some exercises, and it's really hard to find. So this one, I'm going to say, is probably one of the better ones, opposed to like, you know, if you go to one of the huge bigger cities and you go to one of the, the better hotels, they'll have an entire fitness, you know, LA fitness or 24 hour fitness combined with the hotel. That's different. This is a, you know, a hotel all by itself that has a really good gym that you can get a good workout in. Get a good workout. They have outdoor grills. They have the indoor saline pool. I think some of the hotels will have an outdoor pool. Um, but they also have a, a lot of eco-friendly stuff within the rooms that is also very good for people who kind of want to be um, a little more earth friendly. Mm-hmm. So, like, they do a lot of little things that if you ever stay there, you'll notice, like, the way they don't put a lot of uh, items in your room in small to like individual packages. Everything's in like dispensers. So, it's much more eco friendly. There seems like they're very conscious about waste. There's a lot of recycled materials uh, like the carpet and things like that. So it was really cool. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I slept great, which I normally don't do in a hotel. Well, what we did to help with the sleep, uh, we took our own pillows. That's always a big thing. And we use, uh, you know, we we have a a speaker in our room, a a Bose speaker that we play a a white noise over when we sleep that really helps, you know, keep keep you from being interrupted from outside noises. So we took that as well. And those two things combined seemed to really help the sleep. Yeah, it did. And the room didn't have a bunch of like perfumey smells from cleaning products or anything like that. So that was also helpful. And it had a blackout like curtain thing you could bring down. Total blackout curtain in the, on shade, a pull down shade on the window that completely blacked out the room, which was awesome. I feel like we need to install those. (laughs) So, so, you know, getting, you know, driving, you know, five hours on Friday and getting down there and, and, and being able to, relax and then go work out, you know, get your, your body moving and then go hang out in the pool for a little while and then shower down. And it was a nice room. So we, you know, we got, we could, you know, it had a huge TV in it. So, (laughs) you know, we got to sit down and watch a movie and relax and then get a good night's sleep and go do the class the next morning. Yeah. We took our steaks with us for that night and ate our steaks and all that good stuff. And since I was sick with pneumonia on our anniversary, we just used it as an anniversary getaway. At the same time. It was a spa day. It was a spa day, Matilda. (laughs) But the keto class went really good. Keto class was super fun. I would love the opportunity to do that more in more places or even there again because it's just so fun to get to talk Mm -hmm. to people about the keto diet, how to begin, what to look for, what to expect. 
all yeah, those so fun things. One of the things we'd really like to do is get out more and 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 teach the class or give the class so you can open people up to uh, you know this this lifestyle. So uh, doing it at a at a CrossFit gym was great because when you give these classes, it was kind of skewed a little more to performance because that's what everybody is there to do. They want to know if the the keto diet or whatever diet is going to going to decrease or increase their performance. So that was something you look at. But we'd love to do it like really at businesses, uh, you know, at at functions, just to help people know more about diet. Absolutely. And um, you're going to be doing something. About your diet. Yeah. So, okay, we're always doing something that's either smart or not so smart, you know, that, you know, that, that'll yet to be determined. But, you know, just looking at uh, kind of my goals for this coming up year, I mean, I'm going to be 50 in June. Okay. I forgot about that. It's totally coming, which does not bother me. I actually love it. But I, I, I love to be able to say, I'm 50 and, and you're not, and <laughs> I'm in shape. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, that's one of the things I look forward to doing that. I know it might sound kind of weird, but I look forward to, to being 50 and being in shape. But one of the things that uh, going towards that I kind of wanted to mess with is is uh, leaning out some, trying to lean out a little more. I feel like we're always talking about how we want to lean out more. Well, we're just, we are. We are. I'm not going to say we're not because no, that's not true. I say it all the time. And, and it's not that, uh, you know, either one of us are, are extremely overweight. I have the, what I like to call the holiday fluff, a little bit of extra weight that I acquired during the holidays um, that it was just really from, from really not being a lot very active. But cold weather does that. When it gets colder, your body wants yeah, to put on weight. It does. And that's a, that's a factor. Mm, that's a factor. So what I'm going to try to do, and this is my, my kind of uh, thing for the next few months, is I'm going to try to eat a little less. Now, I'm not going to say I'm cutting calories because... As you all know, I don't believe in calories. I'm just going to eat a little less of my energy source, which is food, <laughs> and and see. I'm trying to find the the uh, the line of of how much food I take in, and if if I get hungrier or have you know my workouts are different. I'm trying to find that line of how much I can eat and lose weight and still maintain uh, my energy levels. Because usually what I do is we eat. Okay, we'll eat a steak, and steaks are delicious. So I'll have this massive steak that I'll eat the whole thing and then if Melody doesn't eat any of her steak, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat that as well. (laughs) Any of it. I eat most of it. And then I give you a portion of it. Right. So I'll eat all mine and then I'll eat all hers. So um I'll I'll consume a lot of food. So my goal now is to stop at about maybe eighty percent of that and try to save a little for later. Maybe the next day I can add that steak in. But just see what happens if I don't eat all the food on my plate like my mom told me to. Yeah. It's, and and that's the thing. When the steak is really delicious, even if you're like, yeah, I've had enough, the way that you feel when you eat a carnivore diet is that you don't get that big, heavy stomach feeling, like your stomach's not bloated out or you have to undo your pants. Sometimes it's it's easy to go ahead and just eat the whole steak. Yeah. And you, re- you really never get that, uh, I'm really way too full. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, and that's so that'll be interesting to see how that works for you. I'm not saying I'm doing it. You don't have to. I know. I don't so, have to. You know, and and this is a you know we always talk about bio individuality, and everybody's different. What they can or cannot do is not going to be the same. Uh, so this is one of those things that I'm going to mess with a little bit here and there, just trying um, to kind of cut back on how much food I'm eating to see how it affects me. In addition, 
Uh, I'm going to kind of monitor my water intake as well and try to bring that down a little bit because I, I drink a lot of water. So when you talk about getting lean and getting vascular, water intake is one of those key things that will make you lean. And because you read a lot about actors that get ready for roles, mm-hmm. uh, like Hugh Jackman was one and, and uh, Chris Hemsworth was another and all these people, and they'll tell you that when they go, in, uh, go into the, these scenes where they have to look really good, they'll say for about three days they pretty much cut water. That's so... I don't, I don't know about this part. Oh, no, that's completely unhealthy. <laughs> this is completely unhealthy. Right, an unhealthy and, I'm, way. I, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to cut my water intake back to a dramatic level. Are you going to say that you're going to go from drinking like a gallon and a half today to just a gallon? I'm going to, I'm going to mess with it to see where my water intake lands and I don't feel dehydrated. Because sometimes I think I just drink too much water out of habit. True. And, and that can be just as, just as detrimental as not drinking enough water. Especially if you're, yeah, if you're overhydrated, if you are not matching the electrolytes to the water intake, which we know you've done before, I've and everybody who's listened... Totally done it. They totally know you've done it. Um, but um, one thing about cutting the water intake is that your water, the, your body will pull water from your fat cells. Right. And that is, that's the thing. When you dehydrate, your body is forced to use your, you know, on, on storage energy. It has to break it down because it needs to hydrate. And there's, there's water in those, you know, those and molecules. The fat cells. Yeah. And, the, and the adipocytes. Yes. So uh, that's the other thing is if, if you're not taking in as much water, will your body go ahead and use that on onboard stores to hydrate your body and will that lean you out? You know, a lot of the evidence or a lot of the the experiences, because there's really not a whole lot of research, I don't think, um, because people don't want to be locked up in a facility and made to eat certain foods for a year to be studied. Right. I'm just going to say none of us want to be the lab rat. It's, so, it's really inconvenient. Well, we all complain about the lack of nutrition science and the fact that it's all done on rats. It's because we don't want to be the rat, you know. Right. <laughs> so we don't want to be locked up. And especially that end part where a lot of times they kill the rat. We really don't want that part. <laughs> but a lot of the, the experiences that you hear about is that when someone goes on a fast... Of course, there's different levels of fast. Mm-hmm. You've got your your top tier would be that dry fasting. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind the dry fasting is exactly what you're talking about. There's a water restriction there because you're not taking in any fluids. Your body is forced to go in and pull water from liberate the fat cells and take that water molecule that's at- attached to each fat cell when it's liberated and to use it to hydrate the vital organs because they have to have water. And your body does this because it's super smart and it prioritizes survival over everything else. So you don't need your fat stores anymore. You need the, the fluid, the hydration, the water. So it'll pull from it and it'll let your body use that water and then you'll expel that fat. And we know that you lose fat through urine, sweat, and breathing. So... You know, that that way you are burning fat and hydrating your organs through a dry fast. Dry fasting is one of those things that, you know, unless you really know what you're doing, be very careful if you embark on that because, you know, 24 hours is really the max that I think a novice person should even attempt a dry fast 
because without consulting an expert or someone else on that and have someone around you so they can watch you. You know, you need you need support. Yeah, you need to be you very careful. Now, if I was going to do anything performance based, say I, I was going to do you know a long run or a hard CrossFit workout, I was, I was going to challenge myself in some area like that. I wouldn't do that. I would just take in as much much water really nice as I possibly could, but in my, a normal amount of water. I'm just right. going to cut back a little bit to see how that affects my 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 skin and my fat cells. Right. And, you know, you'll you'll monitor, are you getting more thirsty? Right. You know, how do you feel? Do you feel satisfied as far as, like, hydration? Because um, oftentimes when people have that thirst signal, it's kind of like the idea that people have said for years is that once you feel thirsty, it's like you're already dehydrated. It's too late, yeah. And there's conflicting information about that. There is. And I know Professor Timothy Noakes talks a lot about overhydration and what happens to marathoners and things like that. So that's a good source to go to for you guys to investigate this more. But there is that element of like, you know, you have to think about primal man did they have uh, you had to go find water and every time you were a little bit thirsty you didn't just magically have water yeah i didn't have your 20 ounce water bottle like i have right here uh you know and i I probably drink five of those conservatively a day right and so if you're having to find a water source if you get a little thirsty you're not gonna die (laughs) don't be scared But it is that thing of like, do we overhydrate because we've been told that once you're thirsty, oh, it's too late. Is that bad information? I can't tell you 100% yes or no. Well, again, and and this is why I'm doing this, because I want to see how it affects me. And everyone else that's listening to this would have to do the same thing. They would have to kind of mess with their levels of water, how much they drink compared to how much they, you know, how much they're exercising and eating and see how their body reacts because, uh, you know, I, I can't sit here and t- tell you, listen to this, exactly what you need to do because I don't know who you right. are. Right. Well, you know, we have like, even in my NTP program, we have the formula for how much water a person should a person should intake throughout the day. And then also if they drink anything that's a diuretic, like a caffeinated beverage or certain teas, juices, things like that how much extra water they need to add on top of that to mitigate the effects of the diuretic. But, you know, that's a baseline. It's not concrete. And when you look at those formulations, like your body weight divided by two is how many ounces of water you should drink, that can't that can't always work. Sometimes no. you're going to need a more. You probably won't ever need less but you are going to maybe need more at certain times. So it's it's good to look and know the signs of dehydration. And mm-hmm. we did uh, an episode on water and hydration a long time ago at the very beginning of our podcast career. <laughs> <laughs> and, probably back when I was overhydrating like a fiend. Yeah, and we did talk about that. But some some of the things to watch out for would be, A, number one, if you start getting a headache. hmm Headache is one of those, like, and, and you're thirsty? Yeah, you probably need some electrolytes and some water to rebalance that. Some, that's a signal. It, your body will tell you. Right. And, and, you, and, you know, you have to balance all those things um, as far as, you know, how much water you're going to take in. And, and it goes back to the same thing. You made the example of what you use in your NTP course. You know, as a personal trainer, when you're training people, sometimes they like to use heart rate variability training. 
and they use that standard, it's 220 minus your age, and that's the heart rate you use. You know, that is probably the worst formula to use as far as, uh, you know, training at a heart rate level that you could possibly use because it's so generic. Right, because how do I know that my maximum heart rate is 220? Right, I don't. Right, you don't. You have to go test that for yourself. And I know I heard Zach Bitter talking about this, mm-hmm. that he was like, he said the exact same thing um, on a podcast that I listened to a long time ago about heart rate variability. And he was like, you know, you can't just across the board do that, exactly what you said. And he was like, you have to go test your maximum heart rate for yourself. A good, easy, cheap way to do that is to wear a heart rate monitor and go run hills. Right. And so, you know, then you find your max heart rate and then you can work on it. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Just like that. Yeah. And it's exactly this way with water. And the crazy thing is it's going to fluctuate daily. Yeah. It fluctuates with with your, your physical exercise, with the humidity in the air. Whether you're running your heat exactly. in your There's house. so many variables that go into how much water you should drink. If you're in the hospital on an IV. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that was probably the most thirsty I have been in a long time. Was being on an IV and be, having those fluids pushed. Not, I just, I don't know what happened, but I was just so thirsty. I couldn't drink enough water. I felt bad for everybody that came in my room that worked in the hospital because I was like, could you give me some more water? (laughs) They were like, oh my God. And that's so interesting because you're getting intravenous fluids Mm -hmm. that will satisfy Mm -hmm. all your body needs, but you're still that thirsty. So uh, I mean, it's hard to understand, like, what is the mechanism that's going on? I just want to say the air was so, I mean, my skin was dry, yeah. my mouth was dry, everything was dried out. And then, of course, like we talked about the last time, I swelled up like a balloon right before going home. Ever, all my paper was funny because all of my paperwork up to that discharge, all of it said no edema, no edema, which is swelling, water retention. I had zero as soon as they took me off that IV, it's like I ballooned. It was so weird, the weirdest feeling, and I was so thirsty. But hopefully that won't be your problem. <laughs> no, no, hopefully. Well, we'll see, and we'll update every week kind of to see how it's going. Um, and I'm not going to get crazy with it because, you know, if you get too dehydrated, you're more likely to pull muscles. And, you know, I want to monitor my energy levels for my workout to see how it feels. That's going to be the, going to be the key indicator really for me. And this to, to see uh, if I drop weight any faster doing that or not. Right. You know, planning a big, big uh, 50, 50th birthday party workout. Oh, really? We are? Yeah, I'm going to go out back and work out. Okay, cool. That'll be so <laughs> different than all of our other days. And it'll be June, so hopefully it won't be rainy and it'll be sunny and hot. Right. I'm ready for hot weather. Super. I know. You know, and that's the thing. We Every year we go through this transition of we work out pretty vigorously all summer and you get down to kind of that happy weight of I feel really good right here and then and then the holidays come around and winter sets in and you kind of put on that that winter fluff. I always forget that I'm 48. <laughs> I always forget that I'm like I'm like it's okay. You're not like it's I don't have any contests that I'm doing right now. Right. I don't I don't have any any marathons I'm going to run or mm-hmm. or any, you know, things I have to do that are performance-based. We just do all this for fun. So, 
Yeah, okay. If you guys happen to hear a really high-pitched, loud noise, it is Steve's dad across the way blowing leaves. Hey, the sun's out. Dad's doing yard work. That's all he does. That's what he does. He's already mowed, so we had to wait for him to finish mowing because that was really loud. Now he's doing some some blowing off of the leaves, you know, around his carport. It's really interesting that, you know, it seems like older men especially, they like, they do yard work and they and they shine their cars. Yard work and he washes his truck all the time. <laughs> which, is, so, which is great. You I know, wish hey. he would get, we just need to give him the key to my car. Right. I know. Why, I, why don't you clean our leg. vehicles, Dad? No, come on. Come on. Get on the, lazy. Get on <laughs> so lazy. <laughs> so, hey, oh, so the keto class. I had a couple points on the keto class that we gave over the weekend because we had some, some uh, what, we, what we like to refer to as frequently asked questions. We, yeah, we do have frequently asked questions. Because, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people about this and we get a lot of the times the same, same questions. And one of them is, um, is this healthy long term? Yes, the, that's always the, you know, I know that it's an important question. It's it is not important. a stupid question at all. There are no stupid questions. Um, but yes, is it safe long term? And, you know, it's hard because we've answered this question a lot in our own mind. And so you want to make sure that you're answering it effectively for someone who's new. And for me, my first thing to always go back to is the transition of humanity, how we've become the humans that we are and what we had to eat to grow these enormous brains. Then babies being born in ketosis, if that was um, a negative, dangerous diet to be on, it would seem like nature had it in for us if a baby was born in ketosis. Yeah, and and we made the same point there that, hey, you know, mother's milk is mostly saturated fat. So if saturated fat was bad for us, that would be a really dumb place for it. It would be to create a human based on on a fat source that is actually dangerous to that being would seem like nature had really screwed up. It makes no sense. So So, because that's the other one is, is it healthy for kids? Yes. Is it healthy for kids? And, you know, kids are just small people. So mm-hmm. absolutely, it's healthy for kids. Um, we did talk a little bit more about, you know, the long-term effects of keto. It is hard. Like we said, all of it goes back to some nutrition science, and no one wants to be locked up in a facility. You don't want to lock your kids up in a facility to see if it's good for them. <laughs> you know, yeah. put my kid in a, in a facility for a year and just feed on the <laughs> keto diet. Let's see what happens. <laughs> But nobody really wants to do that. But we do have a few resources we can look to. Um, I just recently ordered that book by Wilhelmer Stephenson. Um, which one did I get? I got... Not the Fat of Lance, the bread one. Oh, yeah. Not by Bread Alone. And they call him the original carnivore. Right. <laughs> I always like the OG, the original gangster, you know. So I'm, I'm about to read that. But that is one of the only long-term studies that we can look at. And he basically was on a ketogenic diet, he and his colleague. Um, but, you know, a lot of people overlook that because they're like, well, he just ate meat. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what, what really keto. He didn't have keto pizza. Right. There, but, there is a study on the uh, National uh, Institute of Health website that says keto is not uh, negative long-term. 
Right, and I can't cite that one, but I know that if somebody somebody gets the ketogenic Bible, all the research studies are pretty much listed in that book, and that's such a good resource to have in your own library that you can refer to when these questions come up because they answer a lot of them. And I did see Dr. Ryan Lowry post that they're going to have another book called Keto Mastery Mm. come out. So I'm excited for that. Um, but the keto for kids. So we, we, you know, we are not going to lock our kids up in facilities and see if a keto diet is great for them and how they, how they do after a year. But we can look to things like the Charlie Foundation. And we can see that a lot of research has been done on children concerning epilepsy. But the fact that children get better with epilepsy, they also get better with certain types like the Max Love Project and their um, their own child. Well, they started the foundation because of their child, Max, who had a brain tumor, and he ate a keto diet and reversed this brain tumor. So is it safe for kids? For kids? Yes. Was it safe for kids who were really sick? Yes, it was. So right. why wouldn't it be safe for a child who's already healthy? Right. So, yeah, it is safe for kids. And uh, so the other question, of course, was, doesn't it cause heart disease? Um, that's what people always want to go back we to. We just is, use Steve for this one. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's when we give, you know, we give the example of, we, we've heard that for a really long time. Uh, also, that there's no actual science that proves that. There's nothing out there. There's no scientific study that shows that eating high amounts of saturated fat causes heart disease. And then, you know, m- myself, I've got a, a heart calcium scan. And I've got 0% buildup in my arteries. So, And we've been doing this for five years. And when we went to our doctor this morning, it was awesome because he we were talking about it. And I said, hey, uh, Dr. Ryan, did you know that Steve had the coronary artery calcium scan done? And he was like, oh, wait, I did see that. And so he pulled up Steve's records on his laptop. And he was like, because he asked him, he was like, what was your score? And he said, zero and he was like oh yes <laughs> and so he pulled it up and he saw the records in um, Steve's file and was like that is so awesome he goes y'all are such a good case study <laughs> yeah and, and you can tell that's the way he looks at it is yeah. uh, some type of case study that he can use later on down the road right so yeah. that, that's really cool but yeah. can you think of any other uh, topics uh, off the top of your head that came up in the keto class that would be important to share um, one person, you know, definitely asked about keto and about muscle building because that's always when you're talking about performance, mm-hmm. people want to know, are you going to deflate without carbohydrates? Because right. that's always a question among people who want big muscles because yep. what have they always heard? Yeah. Carbohydrates are what you need to build muscle. And we know that's not true. No. And, and we've, we've talked about it before, but, you know, just the little... The little refresher, ketones are actually muscle sparing. So when you are losing fat and building muscle at the same time, then it seems like a win-win versus with carbohydrates. And you look at bodybuilders who do things like dirty bulking and they eat a lot of carbohydrates to bulk real big and build muscle, but then they've got to turn right around and cut all this carb eating out mm-hmm. and try to lean out, it's really hard on your system. Yeah. And, and your and, metabolism. Yeah. So what do they what do you know bodybuilders do to lean out? They they go to low to zero carb best they can. And low fat. And low fat and they dehydrate themselves. And it's it's really hard on your body and that's why you'll hear almost every single bodybuilder who does it that way say that they barely were crawling onto the stage 
in their show or whatever they were doing. And, and there were stories of bodybuilders having heart attacks after shows because right. of what they put their body through to get to that lean state. And, and, you know, a lot of the celebrities you were talking about, they talked, you were telling mm-hmm. me about the thing you read and they had that same experience. They ate chicken breast and, you know, broccoli and then had to dehydrate, and they just felt like they could barely perform. Yeah, the scenes that they had to do where they had to look their best, they felt like they could barely get through them, like they were about to pass out. Yeah. So that, that's not a, a, a maintainable state of health. No. And so, you know, as we always talk, you see people either on Instagram or maybe, you know, like we've talked about in the movies that look really good. Those people are most likely pretty miserable in that state. Yes. And, so, and you know, you think about them like, oh, they look super good so they must be super healthy no that's, that's always, always a misconception yeah so just know that that a lot of times we have these goals to look to look like uh you know somebody in a movie or on instagram and those not they're not realistic goals most often nope your body is going to maintain its own homeostasis of how much fat it wants to have uh really and, and that's what it wants so you're gonna have to force it to go lower than that sometimes and that's difficult right and other than that, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I would want to go over again about keto. And like, you can go back and listen to all of our first episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, given the keto class, that was really fun for us because you get to talk to people and you a lot of times you get questions that you don't normally have. So um, it's really fun. Uh Number one, to talk to people and socialize. That's always great. And when you're sharing information, it's just really a good time. So. It is. And then when you bring uh, your waffle irons and you make them carnivore waffles, their eyes light up yeah. like little children. It's awesome. That was fun, <laughs> No, it's fun. It's always fun to sling waffles, mm-hmm. carnivore waffles. So that's always fun. And um, other than that, we have a pretty full week this week. Some new clients. Thank you to everyone who... Again, who reached out and said, hey, get better, get well soon. I did. And it was probably all because of all your good thoughts and my immune system and my Leviquin. (laughs) But um, we have some new clients this week that we'll be getting in touch with. And that's awesome. I love getting to interact with new people and help them on their health journey. So if you're looking for a nutritional therapy practitioner or a personal trainer, we are accepting new clients right now. And you can find out how to do that by either messaging me directly on Instagram at The Tactical Kitchen or you can go to our website, thetacticalkitchen.com, and you can fill out the contact form on the front page, and we'll get with you as soon as possible to get you set up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with that said, uh, we hope you guys have a great day. We appreciate you listening. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to vtkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.